are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you very much for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're going to talk about last night's NBA playoffs, some more statistics regarding the series that have been going on in the NBA playoffs. I've got some NHL playoff statistics for you, one that you might be a little bit surprised on. Remember how I told you about Shohei Otani and how ridiculous he was yesterday? I found another stat on him that might be even sicker than the one I gave you yesterday. And going to talk a little bit about the Dallas Stars 3 nothing, excuse me, 4 nothing win over the Minnesota Wild last night. I have a take on hockey that I have not shared, but particularly pertains to this series. And we'll get to all that momentarily. So here we go. You know how a lot of people say that oh, they don't only they only try in the playoffs and the NBA regular season is you know, with the load management and all this stuff, all these players care about is the playoffs. Well, it's pretty much true because you look at last night's playoff slate in the NBA, all three games were closeout games. All three teams that were at home were looking to close out the series, and all three teams were double-digit favorites. Boston was a 13-and-a-half-point favorite against Atlanta, who was missing their second-best player because he basically headbutted a referee at the end of game four, Duante Murray. Denver was a 10-point favorite over Minnesota, and the Suns were 12-and-a-half-point favorites over the Clippers. I don't need to tell you that all three underdogs played their ass off, all three underdogs covered, one of them won outright. Minnesota literally could have tied it and gone into overtime. They were winning most of the game. They tied the game with a minute left, and the Clippers had a nine-point halftime lead before falling apart in the third quarter, but then even cut it to three in the fourth. These are all three road teams that pretty much are not going to come back from a 3-1 deficit, had no reason to even keep trying in the playoffs, yet they played their asses off. One of them ended up winning, and two of them went. the other two went right down to the wire. So, yeah, these guys do care. And, yes, they are millionaires, but I loved seeing the competitive spirit last night by the Hawks, the T-Wolves, and the Clippers. Because if these teams would have just went home and won by 20, everyone would have been like, ugh, this is just these, – these playoffs suck. There's only two good series going on right now. But to see Atlanta go into Boston – and not only did Atlanta go into Boston, did you see how that game ended up? Boston was up 119-106 with – sorry, not 119-106. 109-96 with six minutes left in the game. So they have a 3-1 series advantage. They are the second-best team in the East. And with Milwaukee on the brink having to win three games in a row, Celtics would be the favorite to come out of the East and go to the NBA Finals for the second year in a row. They're up 13 points in a game five at home against a team that's missing its second best player, six minutes left, and they end up losing the game. Now, ultimately, is Atlanta probably going to win the next two games and win the series? No. But it just means Boston, because they couldn't close them out at home, have to get back on a plane, go to Atlanta, play you know, play tomorrow. It's just another game that's not necessary when you want all the rest you can get in the playoffs. Just a, an unbelievable head-scratcher last night by the Celtics because they were trailing for most of the first half. 
Then they took control in the third quarter, and the game just stayed around 10 to 14 points. And then it just got away from them in the last six minutes. A 13-point lead with six minutes left in a closeout game at home, and you blow it. So all the credit in the world to the Atlanta Hawks. And Trey Young played a hell of a game. He's quieting some critics, at least for this playoff series, but Boston has just got to be kicking themselves that they got to go get on a plane and go play a game six because they had no business losing that game. Minnesota, again, valiant effort. They were leading most of the game against Denver. This was a 104-104 game with, what, a minute left? And they lose by three. They miss a three-pointer at the buzzer that would have sent it into overtime, and who knows what could happen then. Were they going to come back from a 3-1 deficit and win the series? No, but it would have been nice to send it back to Minnesota and just maybe put that fear into Denver and make Denver work a little bit harder uh, and have to play an extra game. But they didn't do it. Clippers, weird game. Leading the whole first half, basically, up by nine at halftime, and then get outscored by... 26 in the third quarter. Devin Booker had 25 points in the third quarter alone. Clippers had 24. Devin Booker had 47 on the night. He was unstoppable, and Phoenix ended up winning by six, even after they went up by 20 in the fourth quarter. So it it looked like it was dead for the Clippers. Like, they had a halftime lead. They blew it. They were down double digits to start the fourth. It got even bigger. They were down 20 in the fourth in a game that they were going to be closed out, and yet they still played hard and cut it to three points. They cut it to 128, 125, I believe. So you got to love playoff basketball. I just love playoffs in any sport. It's just, it's a different animal. It's, I'm not saying don't ever watch the regular season of any sport, but you can't tell me it's not a different game. It's a completely different game. And the playoffs are just more exciting. There's more at stake. You know, that's why these games clearly matter more. Yes, you'll have some great regular season games, and they're going to try, but they usually don't try until the fourth quarter. You know, you can get away with playing a vanilla defense and not hustling after every single loose ball in game 37 on a Tuesday night. But you're hustling for every damn loose ball in a seven-game series in the playoffs. So that's what I mean. It's still a good product during the regular season. It's just not a great product. Playoff basketball, different animal. Loved everything that I saw last night. It was awesome. Now, going back two nights, I didn't realize this about Memphis, and you know me, I'm the stat guy. I love seeing statistics and forwarding them on to you guys about teams that win, teams that lose, teams that don't cover, teams that do cover, underdogs, winning outright, all this stuff that you know I've been giving you ever since I started the Sports Daily. I did not know until Memphis lost again the other night in L.A., losing games three and four in L.A., I did not know that the Memphis Grizzlies are the only team in the NBA this year to not win a road game that they were a dog in. Every team in the NBA who was an underdog to start the game had at least one win where they won the game outright. Memphis is 0-16 as a road dog this year in the NBA. And against the spread in those 16 games, they're 2-14. and So they basically never cover. Now, the other night... I didn't even bring this up yesterday, but did you see the end of that game? The Lakers were up four, and they were four-and-a-half-point favorites, and Memphis fouled Austin Reeves with .4 seconds left on the clock in a game that clearly was over, and they could not come back and win. Yeah, 
The Lakers ended up making both free throws. They win by six, and they cover. But Memphis has not won a road game outright when they were an underdog to start the game all year. 0-16. So game six or game five is tonight back in Memphis. Two-game turnaround for the Lakers probably doesn't bode well for them. I would think Memphis, I guess it all depends on Jaw's health. I know he didn't shoot well the other night. He was 8 for 24 from the field, but he still can get to the rim whenever he wants. If I'm the Lakers, I want to obviously end this as soon as possible. You don't want to have to go back to L.A. for a game six because even though I said Memphis has not won a road game as an underdog all season, you just don't want to make it this be their first possible one. And let's face it, the Lakers easily could have lost the other night. They were down by two with, what, 10 seconds left, and LeBron hit that driving layup to tie it. So, obviously, if you're Lakers, you want to close it out tonight. This is a game that I'm staying away from because I have no idea what Laker team is showing up. Memphis didn't even have jaw in game two at home, and they beat the Lakers and basically dominated them, led from start to finish. So now that the Memphis is in desperation mode and their season is over if they don't win, you can't say like, oh, there's no way the Lakers are going to close them out tonight. I have no idea who's going to win tonight. I'm staying away from this one. I really am. And you know I talked about Devin, uh, Dylan Brooks and his stupidity all series. You know, it's one thing to call out LeBron. I know that Devin – I keep calling him Devin. Dylan Brooks wants to be the new instigator in the NBA and be the villain and all this stuff, and he likes talking trash. But the thing is – It's not great trash talking when you can't back it up. Dylan Brooks is an okay defender, maybe above average defender, but you have no game what to speak of. Like you're not a you're not even in the top one hundred players in the NBA. So talking about LeBron and saying, Well, I ain't gonna give him respect until he drops forty on me, like shut up. Look at what Dylan Brooks is doing to back up his smack talking. The other night he was 11 points on 4 of 11 shooting, including 1 of 7 from 3-point range. And remember, the Lakers know he can't shoot. Every time Dylan Brooks takes a 3-pointer, some defender is literally standing 3 feet off of him. The Lakers are begging him to shoot because he sucks. He's averaging 11 points in the series. He's shooting 33% from the field and 22% from 3-point range. Yet he's talking about how, oh, I'm poking the bear and... LeBron's old. It's just like it's literally in one ear and out the other. You've seen LeBron respond. He had a 20-20 game as a 38-year-old the other night. He gets in the press conference. He doesn't even address this guy because Dylan Brooks, like, who? Who are you? Like, shut up. Nobody cares what you have to say about anything. Your team is down 3-1. You suck. You don't play well. You're a very average basketball player. And he's not stopping LeBron at all. So, it's like it it's so stu- it's so mindless and i think this kind of plays to the culture of memphis right now a lot of flash a lot of pizzazz it's basically the epitome of the phrase all style no substance because that's what they are they're a young cool hip team to get behind they're on all the highlight reels But here they are as the number two seed in the Western Conference about to be eliminated from the playoffs to a seven seed. That's who you are, Memphis. There's no other way around it. You know, at the top of this podcast, I told you that three double-digit dogs last night, all of them covered. That 
and all of them, one of them won the game outright, and the other two had a chance to. That pretty much went against all gambling numbers because going into last night, <laughs> in the last 39 times there was a double digit underdog in the first round, they were 9 29 and 1 against the spread and 4 and 35 straight up. Last night, 1 and 2 straight up and 3 and 0 oh against the spread. So thank God I didn't see that statistic before last night's games because some of you might have listened to that and been like, oh, I got to bet the favorites at home. You would have went 0-3 against the spread. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so sorry. Uh, well, actually, I'm not sorry. You should thank me that I didn't find that until yesterday. But um, that's a hell of a statistic. I had no idea that double-digit underdogs in the first round were that bad against the spread. 9-29. and 29. So basically 25%. That's... That's definitely a statistic where you take the other side and you would have went 0-3 last night if you did. Speaking of statistics, yesterday I talked about Shohei Otani. And remember I told you, you know, this season he has pitched 28 innings and given up eight hits and only two earned runs. I found something else about out about Shohei Otani that's even more ridiculous statistic-wise. So one of the things that a lot of teams pay attention to and the reason you see a lot of starters in major league baseball nowadays only going six like if a, if a starter goes seven innings it's like a fucking miracle now these guys are getting pulled and they basically get pulled the third time around the order because once hitters have seen them twice already the batting averages tend to go up there are certain pitchers who have a opponent's batting averages higher in the first time around, and then it gets better as the game goes on. They just take a while to get warmed up for whatever reason. But most pitchers, I would say the majority of pitchers are better. Well, the third time around the order, teams hit them better. And the the opponent's batting average just gets a little bit higher. Shohei Otani. The third time around the order in five starts this year. Well, four because, like I told you, the one game he only pitched two innings because the rain delay caused an hour and a half delay, and he didn't come out to start again. So four starts. His third time around the order, the opponent's batting average, zero, zero, zero. He has not given up a hit when batters have seen him for a third time in the same game. I mean, you figured it wasn't very high considering he's only given up eight hits all year. But those eight hits have all come in the first two at-bats of the other team's uh, batters. So it's an unbelievable season already. Like, look, we're still only at April 26th. We are one month into the season. I don't think all of a sudden he's going to suck and he's going to start getting bombed. But you keep up this pace and, you know, if we, if he gets to 100 innings and, and has only given up – you know, 60 hits or something ridiculous. Uh, we're going to be talking about the all-time greatest season in the the history of pitching, not to mention whatever he's doing at the plate. But a zero 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 batting average against the third time around in the order. Uh, you're not going to find that anywhere else in Major League Baseball. Just another amazing statistic by Shohei Otani. And finally going to end with this, some NHL playoff news. You know what you don't want to be in the NHL playoffs this year? A home team. 
So three more games last night. There have been 35 games played so far in the NHL playoffs. The road team is 21-14. and 14. I said it at the beginning. Remember, I said this right when the, the uh, playoffs started in the NHL. I said, look, if there's any sport where home, your, your home ice, home field, home court advantage matters the least, it's hockey. Just because there's such less scoring and there's just – it's a lot easier to win on the road. No matter how loud a hockey arena is, home teams are going to lose and they're going to lose a lot in the NHL playoffs. And here we are. Over halfway through all the first rounds matchups, and there have been no sweeps, and the road team is 21 and 14. So, only one road team won last night, and that was the Islanders over Carolina. Carolina came home up 3 1, chance to close out the Islanders, and the Islanders win 3 2. So now they go back to New York or New Jersey where the games are played, and, you know, the Islanders try and keep the series alive, try and try it at three to force a game seven. And then when you get to a game seven in hockey, I mean, you talk about coin flip. Yeah. The Edmonton Oilers take a 3-2 series lead. They win game five at home against the L.A. Kings. They win 6-3. So they're looking to close it out in L.A. on Thursday night. And then the Dallas Stars, which, remember, I've told you every single game this series, well, outside of game three, uh, the first game in Minnesota where they blew out the Stars. Basically, heart palpitations watching these games. Just close, nip and tuck. But the Stars jumped out early because Minnesota's goon got a five-minute major uh, within the first three minutes of the game, and Dallas took advantage and scored right away. They were up one nothing, I think, four minutes into the game. But remember how I told you, like, look, I like hockey. I know some of the players' names. I'm not great with putting names on teams outside of, like, the superstars in the league. So I couldn't tell you. I had never watched a Minnesota Wild game all year. Now I've watched five because I've watched every game. I don't know who – I think his name's Marcus Felino. I don't know who he is. All I know is I don't like him. He's, like, my new public enemy number one because he is a complete goon, and his job is literally to go hurt people. Now, look. Every hockey team has an enforcer. He's clearly their enforcer, unless he just decided to get a fire up his ass this series and just start headhunting people. But he's got the most penalty minutes for the Wild. I don't think it's started just because of the playoffs. My guess is he probably leads the team in penalty minutes all season. If you're a Minnesota Wild fan, let me know. Do you like this guy? I, he's probably one of these guys that you like him when he's on your team, but if he was on the other team, you would hate him. But my gosh, three minutes into the game and he's headhunting and almost takes out Roddick Fox's knee, and he gets a five-minute major. I mean, you talk about in a 2-2 series, the last thing you need is a guy getting a five-minute major right off the bat. Now, the Stars only had a, a, a one-man advantage for the first three minutes of that five minutes because they got their own penalty for interference at the three-minute mark. So, But they were able to get a goal, and Jake Ottinger, again, goalie for the Dallas Stars. I said it at the beginning of the playoffs – I'll say it every time when it comes to hockey. It's the only sport where you can literally ride one guy to a championship. You can't do it in football. You can't do it in basketball. You can't do it in baseball. Team sports. I'm not saying the team around Jake Ottinger, the Stars goalie, can't you know can't play well or whatever, and they need Jake to stand on his head, but it is possible that if you get a hot goalie, 
you can ride him to four series wins. And right now, Jake Ottinger is playing better than any goalie in all of the NHL, and he was one of the better goalies statistically in all of the NHL. I think he was top four, maybe top five. So I'm excited, man. I love this team. I love watching them. Yes, I want them to win because I have a bet on them to win the Stanley Cup that I two different bets that I put in earlier this season, one before the season started and one I think in February. But you know, we'll see. I mean, game 6 tomorrow night back in Minnesota. Hopefully, the Stars can close it out and then we're on to who do, who would we play? We would play the Seattle uh the Kraken Avalanche winner. Um, yeah, Aval- Avalanche against the Kraken. And the Stars have proven they can beat the Avalanche in the playoffs. They did it recently. They did it in the bubble. So I think I, I like I think they can beat anybody. I don't care who it is. When you've got a goalie as good as Jake Ottinger, you can beat anybody. But I think if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, you got to be a little bit disappointed in your guy Felino because you can't do that. You can't do that at the beginning of the game and get a five-minute major. And, uh, I mean, I was happy for it, but bad, bad penalty. And Minnesota's playing catch-up all game. But you know what? I don't even think it would have mattered last night. They could not. Jake Ottinger was going to stop every single shot shot at him last night. He was just – he was too good. He was too locked in. Let's see if he can maintain that in game six. You don't even want to screw around with having to come back to Dallas for a possible game seven. They, They need to close this out on the road. Hopefully they will. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. Pass this along to your friends. Tell them all about it. Some good information, I think, on every podcast. And hopefully you've been enjoying it. So thank you for listening. Rate, subscribe, and review. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.